Welcome to the Bet US Golf, Tennis, and Horse Racing channel. I'm Flash, and we are now going to. Well, we're 48 hours away from the 148th running of the Kentucky Derby in Churchill Downs. It's for three-year-olds. It's over 10 furlongs. Majority are Colts. It's not excluded to the uh, to the girls, though. But first of all, we are America's favourite sports book, so we'd like you to subscribe, and we'd also like you to ring the bell. Ring the bell means that we'll notify you, and you'll never miss any of the golf majors, any of the tennis grand slams, any of the triple crown races, and we will end up with the Breeders' Cup in the fall so uh, we really look forward to all of that i'm going to have brian zipsy with me because he is my partner in crime when it comes to all things equine uh brian we are now 48 hours away we've had the draw what do you make of it yeah the draw is interesting you know we always wonder what these 20 horses are, are going to do and and i think the one horse that uh got a little worried after the draw is mo donegal the connection to mo donegal drew the one but Flash, as you know, he's a horse with no early speed. And I think the one draw for that horse probably won't be so bad. I don't think any of the big favorites really got a bad draw in this Kentucky Derby. Not even White Abario, who they were singing and obviously has drifted a bit, is out in 15 with pace around it. Yeah, there is a little pace to his outside, which concerns me. White Abario at the 15, you know, it, it, you used to think 15 is a little wide, but they got such a long run up to that first turn. Probably yeah, a good like chance for him to sneak in uh, and not be caught wide into the first turn. But but you never know what's going to happen in those first 100 yards with 20 horses, with all of the 160,000 people screaming. What happens in those first 100 yards is absolutely crucial. It could be a, a post we think is good, won't turn out so good. And a, and a post like 15 might, might, might be the perfect spot for White Barrio. You mentioned about the, the size of the crowd and these horses... They wouldn't have experienced anything. Do you think that there's, obviously we're not going to know, it's one of those being wise after the event, but if you've got a little bit of a fractious horse, this is not the ideal place for them. Sure. I mean, I, a few years ago, we famously had Thundersnow, who basically refused to run. Thundersnow turned out to be a wonderful horse. He was coming over from Dubai before the Kentucky Derby, and uh, he just lost it in the starting gate, uh, and, and he basically... Uh, jumped out of the gate and, and jumped down the uh, the track for about 100 yards, and that was his Kentucky Derby. So you never know how these horses, these young horses, these inexperienced horses are going to handle it. That's part of the fun. That's part of the riddle that is solving the Kentucky Derby. Okay, well, we're going to go our best way to uh, actually start solving this mystery that is the 148th Kentucky Derby, and this is how it will work. We're going to identify maybe six maybe seven, eight horses individually. Then we're going to have a look at the odds alongside the industry prices, which is the Churchill Downs morning line. There will be some discrepancy there between the Bet US and the uh, morning line. But we think, myself and Brian, both think that Bet US have a better handle on the prices and more value than the morning line odds. So make sure that you uh, you do look right down the uh, right column. Let's start off with the first horse, so Brian, because the first one we're going to look at is Epicenter. He was a pre-race favourite along with another. He's got post position three. Obviously, Steve Asmussen, Joel Rosario, and the odds of four plus 450. I, I think all connections are going to be happy. The stall free, post position free is a good stall. 
Yeah, number three is probably a good spot for Epicenter. He's got a lot of early speed. Uh, this is a derby flash that we talked about a little bit last week where there's more speed horses or more horses that like to be close. So the, the one thing about the three-hole is Rosario will need to get Epicenter out. If he breaks a step slow from the three-hole, that could be a bad position as so many other horses will be coming over on him. So they need to make sure they get a good break. But as long as he gets a good break, three won't be a bad spot for for the horse that probably deserves to be favored in this Kentucky Derby. Yeah, he does. And uh, if he does break, because obviously he has got that. And remember, this is a complete uh, Churchill Downs. It gives them plenty of time to get themselves organized that just over two furlongs. I mean, listen, if you can't get yourself organized in that two furlongs. But you know what you've just said there about maybe 10 horses having plenty early. Could we this race set up for a closer because they go too fast? Yeah, actually, uh, I, I am I am handicapping and betting this Kentucky Derby a little bit on the side of horses coming from off the pace. And that's uh, been a little different than what it's been in years past. So we'll see. I could be wrong again where you just have the speed dominate the race. But with so many speed horses, that usually favors horses who want to come from behind. OK, let's move on to the second horse, because this is a talking horse. Be, as I said before, it's uh, been beaten as a favorite twice. It's Messier. And he's got a decent draw as well. He's in post position six. Is his last chance saloon for this horse? There, there's a lot going for Messier. In fact, Messier, I think, has been one of the horses that people have been talking about lately more than ever. Uh, he is coming off a beaten, uh, beaten second place finish, a clear second behind his stablemate in the Santa Anita Derby. But people think he will have his best game, his A game, on Saturday at the Churchill Downs. I feel like the Santa Anita Derby wasn't the real Messier. Uh, Johnny Velasquez has been a uh, recent winner of the Kentucky. No jockey has been better in the Kentucky Derby, getting yeah. his horses in good position early and winning the race than Johnny Velasquez has the last few years. So a lot going for Messier, and I see plus 900 on a horse who could be lower come Derby Day. And what about Tim Yakin? Uh, Can you give us a little bit of a background on him? Because he's not a household name. No, not at all. Uh, it, the only reason Tim Yakin is training too horses, two high-profile horses in this Kentucky Derby, is Bob Baffert is suspended. These are Baffert horses that uh, until recently were in the Baffert barn. They moved to Yachtin when it became clear that Bob Baffert had uh, run out of chances to get uh, his, uh, his suspension uh, stayed, and uh, he will not be in the Kentucky Derby. So these two horses are now trained by Tim Yachtin for the last uh, five weeks, six weeks, and here they are. Tim Yachtin has a Strong hand in the Kentucky Derby with both Messier and Tyler. What a horrible position to be in. So Tim Yachtin, he um, he saddles the winner of the 148th uh, Kentucky Derby because he had Bob Baffert's horses and Bob prepared them. If they get beat, Bob prepared them and Tim Yachtin hasn't got a clue because he should have won on them. I mean, what a lose-lose situation. Obviously, it's great for him to have two horses that are there with on merits. But what a horrible, what about the pressure on him? Yeah, it, it, it's, it's an interesting situation for sure. You know, on the one hand, Tim Yachtin, you never thought, probably, you never thought he would get a chance like this. So the thrill of winning the Kentucky Derby or, or running big in the Kentucky Derby, uh, I'm sure will be part of it. But you're right. He, he, he really has nothing to gain as far as reputation because it's going to be win or lose. It, it, he loses because Baffert, is the trainer that everybody thinks of with these horses. And, and if he does lose, it, it's his fault. 
Let's look at the second one because we can carry on this story because it's Tiber. I mean, and Tiber is there now in stall position 12, which is probably ideal for, for this horse. I mean, obviously, it's still young. It's inexperienced. But again, Tim Yakteen. But do these horses go back to Bob after this race? Well, you know, maybe they're not supposed to because Bafford is suspended and these horses, Churchill is pretty clear that they don't want this to be a uh, Bob Baffert trained uh, horse. And then soon after the race is over, he goes back to Bob Baffert's farm. I think eventually they will end up back with Bob Baffert. Uh, whether that happens during the Triple Crown, that's uh, likely not to happen. But uh, yeah, eventually, sooner than later, probably, they'll end up back with Bob Baffert. I think you're right about the 12 hole for Tyba. That's that's a good spot. Horses only run twice, Flash. That's just, that's crazy to uh, have one of our favorites as uh, coming into the Kentucky Derby with only two starts. Yeah, I wouldn't want it. I wouldn't want it down on the inside. That's because obviously looking around, there'd be like horses getting skittish. I certainly wouldn't know. I prefer the 12 just can go in a straight line for the best pass of 250 300 yards and then come in gives it plenty of time to really just ease itself into the race because i think that this the way that they're set up as in standard and then the way that they're set up in a post position it's going to be fascinating let's have another look at the next horse because this horse here for me has got the best draw and where its style of running and the way that it's going to see everything that goes on it's almost like having the middle track in the Olympics, 400 meters. He sees all the horses on his outside. He sees all the horses on the inside. It's a Chad Brown horse, Flavian Pratt's on it, and it's Zandon coming out of 10. Yeah, Flavian Pratt has been the uh, probably the hottest jockey in the country this year, if not the hottest, one of the hottest. He, he is for certain, you know, he was put up a couple years ago and Country House got the decision in the Kentucky Derby. So everything is pointing good for Zandon. You're right. Uh, the 10 hole is, you know, they couldn't have asked for better. Of course, the luck of what happens the first hundred yards could make it a, a not so good post. We'll have to see. He's a horse who doesn't have a lot of speed. I think he has more speed than Mo Donegal or Barber Road. So maybe he can be tactical and maneuver and find a good spot, but uh, they couldn't have asked for more with the 10 hole. Yeah, but he's a horse that's not, I mean, he's a jockey on top of a very, very good horse, which means he's not going to panic. He knows he's got a horse that's going to see out the trip. He's, no, he's a horse that likes, almost likes to have the contact of having targets on different ones. I mean, he just picks them off one by one. I don't think coming out of the 10, there's going to be any excuses unless 9 and 11 carve him up in the first 100 yards. Yes, I, I completely agree. And what you said, I, I think is very wise. You got a, a really good jockey on a horse that he has full confidence in after blowing away the field and the bluegrass so impressively. Zandon's also a horse who's had some trouble before and he's responded well to it. So a lot of good signs if you're on the Zandon camp. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people, and I, and I have spoken to a lot of people, and it's on both sides of the pond here. They think this Kentucky Derby just comes maybe maybe a month too early in their three-year-old careers, because as we say, we've got a horse that's really fancied in Tiber, who's only run twice. I mean, that's a massive feat. And then we've got other horses who went through the, the whole of like last season and wintered and then have grown. Zandon comes into that category of being an above-average horse at the back end last year, but seems to have stepped up and filled out very early on. Yeah, I mean, I, I like a lot about what Zandon, 
Hendon's done so far. He's uh, we haven't mentioned Chad Brown. He's a trainer who hasn't won the Kentucky Derby yet, but he's won four oh. Eclipse Awards as the best yeah. trainer in America here recently. Uh, it's just a matter of time before Chad Brown wins the Kentucky Derby. I, I wouldn't want to have anybody else training my horse if I had a horse going up for a big race. It's the Derby, though, and he hasn't won it yet. Zandon had good experience as a two-year-old. He's moved forward in only two races this year. So he's still somewhat lightly raced with only four races, but he also has a good foundation, tough races, and seemingly getting good at the right time. And, and also, obviously, I've spent a hell of a lot of time getting up at half past four or five o'clock in the morning to watch horses when they work. You've got a horse who's in a camp and a stable that know the time of day. They know the standard of horse that's needed as a yardstick to get them prepared to see where they're at. So I don't think you're going to have any excuses with Zandon. I think it's one of those that if he's the best horse on the day, he does win. Uh, where that's not always the case. Let's move on to the coffin box because the coffin box is obviously uh, post position number one, and that goes to Mo Donegal. Mo Donegal not blessed. I've probably got the uh, early pace of an 800 meter runner up against sprinters, but he could well take let everyone go off, and he just slivers himself on the rail. And listen, he's got 10 furlongs to get himself into the race. And Todd Pletcher, Joel Rosario, plus 1,100. I'm surprised. It's, uh, Joel's not going to ride Mo Donegal, is he? No. No, Joel Rosario is on Epicenter. It's actually Irad Ortiz, another. Yes. You're talking about well, two of the top jockeys in the country. So Mo yeah. Donegal is also set with one of our best jockeys. Yeah. What do you make of Mo Donegal? Do you, I know you've mentioned, like, you've touched on it, but... The race could work out, especially if there is that early pace. They do swing wide, and he can just scoot up the rail. Yeah, and it's done. It's been done. In, it hasn't been done recently, but it's been done uh, not too long ago by horses rallying in the rail. Usually, you think the rail would be a bad spot for horses coming from behind, but with all those horses, sometimes inside is actually a good spot to be. Uh, they yeah. did reconfigure the starting gate and, and where it goes into the. Uh, 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 first stretch at uh, Churchill Downs, so the rail is not as bad a position as it used to be. Like I said earlier, uh, he's a horse who wanted to drop back anyway, and we both mentioned that there's a lot of speed in here, so there's a lot of things to like about Mo Donegal. It's tough to come from 19th or 20th and pass all of those horses, and you got to get lucky. you got to have the holes open at the right time, but he's a candidate to do it. He's a real candidate to do it because he closes every time. He's proven his class, and uh, yeah, he's he's won from the rail before, actually, in the Wood Memorial, he drew the rail and, and that's where he rallied up from on the inside at Aqueduct to win his last race. I think the, the horse uh, um, always springs to mind is one of our favorites because it came from uh, my friend's stable in Newmarket and it was Gronkowski. He must have been out with the washing, maybe 30, 35 lengths behind and then running to second. But um, so I, I don't feel as if. We've seen many horses come from right out the back and uh, and sweep past them all in this particular race. But if there is one to do it, then a lot of people think it could be Mo Donegal. Now, the last one I want to look at individually is White Abario, because I put a line through it. Uh, people said, no, don't worry, he'll be fine. And I'm like, at 15, with pace around it, Safi Joseph Jr. plus 11.50 looks a generous price. But I keep going post position 15. It's not for me, Brian. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of leaning against this horse. On, on looks alone, he's one of the best-looking horses in the race. He's got the breeding to probably get 10 furlongs as well, Flash. 
Uh, I, I do worry, though, that all of his wins came at uh, Gulfstream Park. His one loss came last year at Churchill Downs. And, yeah, the 15-hole, you know, it hasn't been a bad position most often, uh, more often than not recently. But there is speed to his inside. There's speed to his outside. There's, there's really good, fast speed to his outside. So you've got to wonder where he's going to end up in that first furlong and then into that first turn because he's one of those horses from the 15-hole that could get shuffled back We'll have to see what uh, works out for him with uh, Tyler Gaffleon up. Yeah, my, my bigger problem for him was that he might get lit up uh, because that's settling horses around pace is no easy feat. And that's where you use up your petrol and you go wide as well. Coming into the straight, you're almost out on your feet. Um, OK, I want to look at the uh, the business end of this race now, which is odds to win. I know there's a couple of other horses that you're going to mention. Now, the odds, as you see, we're going to be seeing the post position, then the name of the horse, the industry morning line price and the BetUS price. Now, I can tell you that 16 of the 20 uh, runners BetUS has a better price than the morning line. So make sure you do get, if you fancy the horse is going to come in, then make sure you take that price at BetUS. Um, numbers there, Brian, that spring out. Obviously, Epicenter, Zandon, Messier, and Mo Donegal. Yeah, clearly, if you're looking at the favorites, the two morning line favorites were uh, far and away on at our Churchill Downs morning line favorite at uh, epicenter was seven to two or plus 350 zandon plus 300 at three to one you see those bet us odds on the two favorites you're liking those bet us odds on the two favorites here for the kentucky derby i think epicenter at 450 and zandon especially at 500 both offer really good value i'm a little surprised that charge it uh bet us has identified charge it as a horse and, and i thought he might be a wise guy horse but uh, apparently BetUS thinks he'll be lower than the morning line. So he's all the way down at 1350. Not a horse I trust here with a little inexperience and questions about how professional he is, how, how green a horse he's been running so far. So that might be a horse that I'm not looking to bet anyway. It's the one horse that seems to be quite a bit lower on the BetUS uh, line. Talk to me about number five, because number five is Triple Crown, comes out of Triple Crown Royalty. Smile, you're talking about Smile Happy? I am talking about yeah, smile, smile Happy. Yeah. Smile Happy, Smile Happy was actually a son of a sprinter, a sprint champion over here, Run Happy, but he has pedigree to run the distance uh, in his pedigree for sure. Uh, we see 2,000 plus 2,000 on the morning line plus 1,700. I think 1,700 is more realistic. I thought the, the 20 to one or plus 2,000 on the morning line was a little high. And he's actually one of the long shots I'm really thinking could run a big race. He did run a big race over this track last fall to win the Kentucky Jockey Club at Churchill Downs. How will you attack this race? Will it be like a win? And then would it be like an exactor? Will you get involved with a few of the exotics as well? I, I, do, I, do, a, I do a whole lot. I've been doing this all my life, Flash, so I do a whole lot. I'm, I'm betting uh, two-day races uh, hooked up with the, the Oaks. And the turf and the derby are just an Oaks Daily Double. I'll be betting multiple races into the Kentucky Derby, whether it be a pick three, pick four, pick five. Uh, if the price is right, I'll be looking at win, but I'll also be looking at exactus and trifectas. And all these prices go way up when there's 20 horses in a race. 
All right, well, don't keep it to yourself. I need you to be like letting the viewers know which horses on that page are going to be getting involved in some of your trifectas, your supers, your exactors, and maybe if you've got a winner there. Yeah, absolutely. Mo Donegal, by the way, Mo Donegal, we've talked a little bit about, but Mo Donegal is a horse I like to use underneath. And what that means is I really don't think Mo Donegal is going to win the Kentucky Derby. He could. He's one of the six or seven most likely to win. But my feeling is Mo Donegal's going to be rallying for a lower place in the exotics. So I'll be using Mo Donegal for second and third in exactas and trifectas. Also, my, my top long shot simplification, we haven't talked about him yet, the 13. On the next page, five smile happy. I'll be using them underneath more, but I'll use I'll use them also in the top spot a little bit because their odds are so good. I, I think simplification plus twenty one hundred on, on the bet US fair odds for me is much much closer to ten to one. I like them that much as a long shot. So you want to use simplification all over the place in the first, second, and third spot because if you can get them to run second or third even. At those odds, it's just going to spice up those exotics, that exacta, that trifecta so much more. And to run second or third, I think maybe fair odds for him is more like eight to one or plus 800. How would that work then? So if you had simplification for the place and show and it was a plus, say, plus 2000, let's say, what, what sort of odds would you get back on like $10? Yeah, the, the paramutual is always a little uh, different because you're dealing with place and show prices. You're dealing with whoever runs first or third, if you're betting the second horse to place, affects your payout because the pools on the other two horses matter. So if it's two favorites that are with your place long shot, then your number's going to pay a little bit less. But if you get another long shot in there, say two or even three long shots, those numbers go way up. So you could be talking for a $2 wager on a 25 to one shot. He might pay eight, nine, $10 to place to run first or second. But if you get a long shot or two in there, that, that number could quickly go over $20 for a $2 wager. Yeah, interested why you're not mentioning my horse, which is number three, uh, Epicenter, but we will not take that personally. I will find out why, though, before the end of the show. But Tiber, uh, plus 750, very defensive position from BetUS. Um, if it was me, I'd be telling him to be a bit braver. Yeah, Taiba is uh, is kind of a wild card. He's kind of a a point of a, a great consternation for a lot of us handicappers because no one's ever won the Kentucky Derby off two starts. He beat Messier, who a lot of people like in the last start, but we just don't know. Taiba is a horse that a lot of people think could either win or Taiba could run up the track and finish 16th or 17th or so because. It's, it's a lot to take in for a horse with so little experience. He's raced in short fields. He's only raced twice. He's only had one workout since the Santa Anita Derby. I'm on the bet against type of bandwagon with all those yeah, things against him. But uh, bet US, you know, I, I think they might be right. I think he might be bet below that plus 1200 that came down from the Churchill Downs morning line. OK, maybe they'll find some even ground around the plus 900. Uh, OK, let's uh, let's keep that up. Because we've got pace, or I mean, not no slouches in 13. We've got pace from outside of 15 as well, which could cause trouble for White Abario, who seems to be quite happy to be plus 1,000, plus 1150. Yeah, like we talked about, White Abario is going to need some luck from the 15 hole because what I see right away in the post position draw is two of the horses that I expect to 
be most likely to be going out for the early lead are 17, Classic Causeway, and 19, Zozos. If either of those two sharply come in as they're trying to get the early lead, that could affect every horse inside them, especially Flash, especially the horses that want to be pretty close to the pace, like White of Barrio, perhaps Cyber Knife as well. So it's a it's a tricky spot. Things could work out, and and, and they sit a perfect trip and, and, and come on over uh, behind maybe uh, three or four horses early, and it works out well. But uh, it would be a surprise if Classic Causeway and Zozos aren't gunned out for the early lead from those outside posts. Yeah, they could cause. I mean, I don't, we don't, none, none of us are expecting a massive upset that from 16, 17, 18, 19, or 20 are actually going to be um, home first. But they could mess the race up for quite a few of the horses, especially if they get lit up, especially if they come across. And this and they could cause all sorts of trouble because if they stop early in the race as well, then those horses that are trying to make a run, there might just be a wall. Uh, OK, so I think it's time that we have a little look at the official picks because I've not changed mine. Remember last week, uh, Epicenter is now plus 450. Zandon is at plus 500. The Churchill Downs Morning Light has Zandon at plus 300 and Epicenter at plus 350. Last week, Zandon was plus 800 when we did the show. So now we're going the right direction, but you're still plus 200 points above the morning line forecast. Brian's added smile happy around plus 1700 simplification at plus 2100 and listen we're both fans of zandon even though i think zandon may well brian come second to my epicenter yeah and if, and if i had four slots there uh your horse flash uh, don't be too disappointed in me because epicenter is a horse that i will certainly be using in my exotics and i think he is one of probably the second most likely winner of this race he's done nothing wrong this year uh, my my opinion is he's a horse more likely to run second or third on Saturday. But Why? We'll see. Why? Have you got any, got any reasoning behind that? Yeah, yeah. I, I think the pace of the race has me thinking that this is going to be won by a horse like Zandon who can make that big move on the turn. And what I see is maybe Epicenter is the most likely horse to have the lead as they straighten out and there's a quarter mile to run. But if, I, if I'm right, Zandon is going to be quickly bearing down on him on the outside as they, as they straightened out. And after already having run a tough mile with a lot of other early pace horses, I think it's going to be tough to hold off a horse like Zandon. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, listen, I am a Zandon fan as well. But if Epicenter does get beat, and it is one of your horses that beats me, um, I hope you've all enjoyed Brian Zipsy on the shows because we won't be seeing him again. I've got to get someone in here who knows nothing about horses and especially doesn't go against my selections, even though my selections are Epicenter and Zandon against the field. I think I'm pretty safe, Brian. We'll see, Flash. We'll see. I also know a lot about tennis, if you're ever interested in, in that as well. I, some people tell me I know more about tennis than horse racing. Okay, no worries at all. Just don't be putting up the likes of McEnroe, Connors, Bjornborg, things like that. Okay, listen, let's, from everybody at BetUS, we'd like you to subscribe. We're America's favorite sports book. And this is the golf for your majors, tennis for your grand slams. And obviously on the equine side, it's the Triple Crown and the Breeders' Cup. Who knows? Might be able to fit in the odd derby and maybe the Arc de Triomphe. But from Brian, myself and everyone at BetUS, have a great 148th Kentucky Derby. It's Epicenter leads them home. Zandon just doesn't get there, but we've got the exacta. You take care. <laughs>